Howdy guys, I'm Aiden Matthews, and welcome to the 11th ever episode of Aiden on Anchor, the show where I talk about my life story, as well as my journey with this cool little app called Anchor. Episode 11 is probably going to be a little bit later, because I'm recording it on Monday rather than the weekend before, which means I'm kind of like hustling last minute to get it done, but I really wanted to keep up the tradition of having Aiden on Anchor come out on Monday, uh, even if it is a little bit later, it still counts, so... That's what I'm going with. Anyway, uh, let's talk about some stuff. What's been going on with uh, Papa Aiden recently? Well, I saw a movie last night. Two movies, actually. Uh, I saw 8th Grade and First Reformed. Now, 8th Grade was a little bit interesting because I came in halfway through the movie, so I haven't seen the full thing yet. And then First Reformed I saw all the way through. So what I want to do is kind of give my thoughts about these movies. I literally saw them like last night. And a lot of people are talking about them. I think both have some Academy Award nominations going on, so they're obviously pretty important films. And hey, I like talking about movies every once in a while, even though I'm not technically a movie guy. Uh, I don't consider myself a, a movie connoisseur or a movie critic. Uh, I do like watching a good film every now and then, especially animated stuff. Anyway, <laughs> let's start with 8th grade first, because I, I saw less of it. I came in and around the halfway mark or the three-fourths mark so i have no idea what the first half of this movie is about i did however kind of see like the climax of some conflict a resolution and i gotta say from what i did see uh kind of a heartwarming little little film very very relatable film kind of stars this like eighth grade girl who's going into high school but like also has this like online youtube career where she makes videos and from what I can gather, those two are kind of, like, intertwined. Um, and despite the fact that she makes videos, she's also, like, super awkward and doesn't know where she's going. And has an older version of herself uh, talking about what she hopes she's like in 8th grade that, like, constantly reminds her where she's at and all that sort of stuff. Uh, I, I, I liked her. I liked her a lot. I thought the uh, actress that played her did a good job. I saw her on uh, Game Grumps' 10-Minute Power Hour really enjoyed her there first and so seeing the movie that she kind of comes from uh pretty relatable honestly pretty like down to earth uh believe it or not being a youtuber does not mean that you are this social butterfly that you talk to people and that you're just uh, you know the kind of social wizard that talks to everybody like very often a lot of people that talk or communicate on videos that's their only form of communication because they don't like talking in public. They don't like talking to strangers. Relationships and friendships can be kind of hard to form, especially in middle school. Well, <coughs> oh, excuse me. I had a sneeze going on. Anyway, especially in middle school when you don't know anybody there and you're trying to make friends, uh, that can be a rough time, especially if you're more of the introverted type. And so I found her character to be pretty good. Uh, I guess if I were to nitpick a little bit, I would say there is too many uhs and likes. Uh, basically, she's awkward, so she says uh and like like every couple of seconds. And if you don't pick up on it, it's fine. Like, if you just watch the movie as is and just enjoy it the way it's supposed to be, it's, like, not a big deal. But if you start paying attention to it, it will never leave your head. Like, she says uh and like like every other sentence. And so it really catches up to you. And I get it, like, I say like and uh all the time. Am I any better? Not necessarily. But I think part of writing a film is that, like, you're given the time 
to craft dialogue to where mistakes like that aren't a thing. And I know it, it was very much an intentional choice for her to say, uh, and like all the time. I, I just felt that they, they maybe slightly overdid it a little bit to the point where I only saw like half of the film and I was already kind of getting annoyed of it. And so I imagine seeing a whole film of it would have drove me a little bit up the wall. Um, that's more of like a writing thing necessarily and i think for the most part it's portrayed well there's just certain instances where it really does repeat itself a little too much um i really like the uh, dad character in this uh we were watching it with like my group of friends jay zach marjack all them and we were all kind of loving this dad character who's clearly trying to do his best to connect to his eighth grade daughter right but uh has a little bit of issue doing that He's weird, right? He follows her to the mall. He's a little bit overprotective. He, he doesn't really know his boundaries as much. And he, he's trying to fill a role that uh, her mother had because the mother's not there for whatever reason. I don't know the exact reason, but the dad's trying to fill in for that. And he was just he was just very charming. Uh, the film kind of shot him a little bit weirdly. And they kind of made him look like a creeper half the time. But his good intentions, I think, kind of overshadow that and make me like that character even more. Um, and even like the bad guy like Riley toward the end right the sort of last minute oh we need like a conflict at the very end of the movie type of bad character let's throw in like one of the high school friends who's trying to hit on her uh, very very uncomfortable uh, They he basically tries to make her play a game of truth or dare and he takes his shirt off and asks her to and like he's a senior in high school and she's like an eighth grader and so the whole thing gives you these really really creepy vibes um despite the fact that it's just some dumb high school kid uh, through like the light and the way they shoot it and how long the scene goes on for uh this is not like a quick exchange they they drag out all the tension for several minutes and you can cut it through a knife like there's so much tension really really creepy uh, they, they made me afraid of, of a character like that and I didn't think that was possible so well done on whoever played Riley of like getting that sort of creepy scumbag character down I feel um, and then like final thoughts of the movie I, I, I thought it was heartwarming I thought very relatable especially to that age the YouTube dynamic it's kind of cool. You don't really see that a whole lot in films, but with so many kids nowadays wanting to be a YouTuber, wanting to be a social media presence, sort of having that element where she's this girl who gives advice, but clearly is still learning along the way, presents an interesting dynamic. Uh, I think a film like this wouldn't have been made 10 years ago, or if it was, it would have been a lot different than the version that we ended up getting. And I, I think this is better for it. Uh, I do worry about the film being dated in 10 years, especially with all like the current lingo and the sometimes meme shit and the awkward stuff here and there. Like, I don't know if that'll hold up, but for like a little time capsule of what it's like to be an eighth grader in like 2018, I, I think it does a good job. I want to see the rest of the movie before I like give a verdict or a number or whatever, but uh, I, I enjoyed what I saw and I, I liked it a lot. Let's move on now to First Reformed. This is a, a bit different film. It's not meant to be heartwarming or sincere. It's very creepy, uh, very scary, and uh, not in the typical like jump scare, gore, loud noises type of scary, but more in that like long drawn out uh, building to this like chaos type of type of horror where you know it's coming, 
but they just won't like pull the trigger on it until like the very end uh this movie's like an hour and 30 minutes uh what can i say about it okay so first off like the pacing of this film is very slow like very slow um a lot of the reviews that me and my friend group ended up reading on amazon were talking about how this movie was a little bit boring and I can understand if you're not invested in the drama of First Reformed and not interested in this character, I could see how it could get a little bit boring. Because even though this film is like an hour and 30 minutes, every scene, and I mean every scene, it is drawn out for as long as it possibly can be. They really, 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 really value that buildup. And if you're not a fan of said buildup, um, then this movie isn't as good as it could be right uh, a lot of people would want sort of the satisfaction of like knowing what happens a lot earlier uh, they want a little bit more twist and turns a little bit more action and this just isn't like one of those films um even down to how it's shot a lot of the shots in this film the backgrounds and stuff they're, they're very simplified like the preacher his house kind of minimalist there aren't a whole lot of objects the church very wide open but not a whole lot of objects he lives in this small town so you'll see a car every once in a while they go to a restaurant that's completely empty in another scene like every shot of this film is basically only focusing on a couple of objects and a couple of people and that's it right they they try their hardest not to make the backgrounds distracting at all and it's shot in like four by three rather than widescreen and so like add that to the to the backgrounds being kind of empty and what you really get is that sort of focus on those main characters and uh, i think they did a good job at that um really well done actually there isn't a whole lot of music here either until kind of like the very end there's a little bit of like sounds here and there but uh, just sort of the creepy shit that you would tend to hear uh, but there is a little bit of music toward the end when it starts to pick up. But for the most part, it's pretty quiet. And I really do appreciate that aspect of it, too. It's not necessarily a horror movie, but it is kind of like this drama type movie that kind of gets a little scary toward the end. Maybe I'm doing a bad job <laughs> of describing it. Basically, I'll, I'll give you a little plot synopsis. It's about a preacher at the small church. And uh, he goes to meet a friend or not a friend. He goes to talk to somebody named Michael who wants his help and uh, Michael talks about the environment and how everything's going to shit and how his wife Mary's about to have a kid and he doesn't want to deal with that and they talk for a little bit and then uh, shit goes down let's just say I'm not going to spoil this movie because I think if you know what the surprise is and you know all the twists and turns then it's not as fun to watch but that's sort of like the basic setup basically from that conversation on everything goes wrong for the preacher in one form or another whether it's its friends or uh his body or something in the journal or like everything goes wrong basically until the end and you get this like big bombastic moment essentially uh very long very drawn out not a whole lot of music not a whole lot of characters either you get a few recurring characters here and there um none of them really felt bad or out of place but that's partially just due to like there weren't that many to begin with so it was a lot harder to screw up uh, you can kind of tell this movie is kind of like an indie film kind of budget it didn't have a whole lot of money but what they're able to get out of what they have i think is impressive and really shows that like if you want to make a movie and you only have like a couple of locations and a couple actors if you can get a good narrative and if you can get good writing like this movie has incredible writing incredible dialogue 
Uh, you can turn it into something pretty good. Uh, do I have any problems with First Reformed? I do have a few. I think the second half of it is not as good as the first. Like, because the first half of this movie, you have no idea what's going on, right? You have no idea where it's going, but you're given this creepy vibe, basically. And then around halfway through the movie, me and my friends kind of all knew like where it was going to go, right? And it becomes a little bit more and more obvious to the point where like you're waiting for the end to see if you were right. And then it goes like a little bit left field and sort of surprises you. And you're like, whoa, that's what was actually happening. Um, but it basically meant that I wasn't invested in the second half as much as I was in the first because I already knew what was going to happen because I was just waiting for the finale to see what would go down. Uh, even though the twist definitely like made it interesting, I still had to sit through a second act that I found not as much engaging as the first, just because I knew more about it, right? And I guess there's no way of getting around that. I, I, I just liked when the film was a bit more mysterious and open-ended rather than being point-blank this is the message. This is probably what's going to happen. Uh, it's not going to end well for anybody. And you know that, but we're still going to do 30 minutes of scenes just to like kind of drill it in. And I didn't think that was necessary at all. Uh, I felt like you could maybe have cut some of that out, made this film a little bit shorter, maybe bring in a couple of those people who thought the film was boring and maybe do a little bit more with the ending to kind of throw me off a little bit more. Uh, rather than going the way they did. Still, though, I think First Reform is a good movie, and I think what they're able to do with so little is impressive. I always like media that's, that's simple in nature, but you get a lot out of it, and that First Reform is like a movie version of that. And I'm typically not the type of person to be into these like dramatical, kind of scary, uh, kind of brooding-type films, kind of these dark films. Um... I definitely probably like Birdman a little bit more, and that's sort of like a dark comedy angle, but they do a lot more with it. But First Reform is like a really good movie, honestly, and it got nominated, I believe, for Best Screenplay, which makes sense because the writing and the dialogue was definitely the strongest part, so shout out to them. Pretty good movie. Uh, what would I give it? I, I, it's, I'd say probably a, a, solid, a solid 7. A solid 7 out of 10. I will say... Uh, everybody else in the group, I think, enjoyed it a little bit more than I did, and they would probably rank it a little bit higher. But but I still like the movie, and I'd recommend you see it if you're into that type of stuff. Kind of like watch a trailer and read a synopsis, and and like let me know what you think about it. And if it sounds interesting to you, go ahead and check it out. And at the very least, go check out Eighth Grade for sure, because that's that's a total recommendation uh, for me. I'm gonna watch the rest of it, probably give my thoughts about it in a later Aiden on Anchor, but. Yeah, those are the movies I saw. Those were my thoughts on all of that. And, uh, yeah, I like watching films every now and then. Anyway, uh, <laughs> what else can I talk about here? Oh, I guess I guess I'll bring this up. Because, like, Ain't on Anchor is sort of a place where I can just bring whatever thoughts come into my head as of recently. And I've been getting kind of a, a craving to go back and, and play Pokemon a little bit more. And I know, like, for those who know me, like, Aiden, you play a fuck ton of Pokemon. Why do you... Why do you have an urge to play more of it? Haven't you already played a lot? Like, yes, I get it. Uh, but believe it or not, my, my relationship with the Pokemon franchise has always kind of been this off and on type thing. Where when I'm on it, I'm really on it. And when I get burnt out, I get really burnt out. Right? So Pokemon ends up being this sort of series of extremes. 
uh, where I go back and forth and replay certain games, not other games, and I like go back and forth of what I want to play and what I'm invested in at any given moment. And so I've kind of reached one of those moments again where I'm like, man, I really want to play me some Pokemon again. And I'm not sure in, in what form or fashion. I, I think it was just a thing where like I started playing a little bit more Let's Go. I'm working on the monthly Battle League channel. I've been watching a little bit more like Poketuber stuff. And I'm like, wow, uh, for some reason, <laughs> once again, I, I'm invested in Pokemon now. And I don't know if it's going to be the type of thing where like I listen to a few remixes from the soundtracks and I'm just like, yeah, I'm good. Or if I'm like actually going to go out of my way to, to really do something with it. It depends. It depends, honestly. I'm not entirely sure. But do you guys ever have that happen, I guess? Like, question of the day. However, however you answer questions of the day, I don't really care. Like, you have a gaming franchise that you like, go off and on on, like, all the time? Because Pokemon definitely, definitely is that for me. Um, like, I'm on Pokemon more often than I'm, than, I'm, than I'm off it, and I've definitely spent a lot more time. But... Like some series, man. Some series, it just it just hits you, hits you like a train, dude. Fucking, goddamn, <laughs> goddamn. I want to play more Pokemon, and I don't know why. It confuses me, man. It's confusing. Mm. All right, what else? Uh, back at college, working on math. If you guys know anything about Measures of Sinner, hit me up. Although by the time this goes out, I'll probably have already finished it. But doing math homework online is a weird thing. But like back in the day, back in my day, like just 10 years ago, not even that far back. Uh, if you have math homework due, they give you like a worksheet, right? Or like problems in the book that you would then have to come back to class and fill out. And I never liked that. Like no kid likes doing math homework. And you especially don't like having to get paper or work it out from the book or whatever because you know the thing about that is sometimes the answers aren't in the back of the book you can't really fact check your work if you have no idea what you're doing you're stuck because you have no one there to help you uh and typically like they're very long they take a lot of time out of your day there's something i've appreciated a lot about school in like the most recent years it's just like Everything has moved a little bit more digitally. And it's definitely affected some subjects more than others. But I'll say one of the most improved, I think, is, has been math for sure. Because nowadays, at least for me, and I don't know about like kids who were in high school or elementary or middle school now. But for me in college, like all my math homework is done online now. And that is so much of a better work environment. Um, because you get like a certain number of tries. If you don't know what you're doing it will like tell you basically uh like here's how you work it out you stupid you have access to calculators online so if you don't have a calculator with you can just simply like go online and if you don't know how to like solve a problem you can google that right it's all there right there for you and it takes a lot less time and deadlines are a lot better because now rather than having to write everything out on paper last minute and then turn that in with your god-awful handwriting all you got to do online is just like write the answer down type it out you send it and then it's just sent right and I don't, the deadline isn't even like during class time it's like eleven fifty nine at night so it allows me in my shitty sleep schedule to sort of work around these math problems a bit more and i don't know i, I just appreciate that environment 
And I know, like, you can technically use a computer while doing, like, pen and paper homework. I'm well aware of that. But you gotta keep in mind, like, when I was a kid, basically, you had one computer that my dad used or someone else used for, for work. You didn't have your own personal laptop. And if you're in, like, fourth or fifth grade, you don't have a great calculator either. And, like, God forbid you're doing long division or, or, or fractions or something. Uh, something that just takes a lot more to do on pen and paper because you're screwed otherwise. And, like, what are you going to do? Ask your parents? They, they haven't taken the shit in years. You're screwed there. So in the, in the day and age where everybody has a phone and everybody has a calculator and there's been better and better resources, like the YouTube math scene, <laughs> you ever go on YouTube and just watch teachers, like, work problems out, like, on video? So nice. In fact, I ha- the math teacher I have now has gotten to the point where, like, there's a camera in your class and it'll film the entire class session and it will go online to a server basically and you type in a little password and you can just watch her like teach the entire class again like oh did you miss something did you not write that problem down you go into the little online thing you type in the password and you just watch the, the whole class and you can just scroll to whatever part you need and like oh that makes more sense because like when i was in high school every time i was in a math class with like 30 other fucking kids who wouldn't shut up i'd miss something and then they'd run out of time and have to like move on because these math classes were like 30 or 50 minutes. It's like, hey, what the hell, man? I was trying to learn that. And you can never get help in those type of scenarios because there's like also 20 other kids that need help. And it's basically waiting in line or having to do like tutoring or something like that. So it's just not worth it. But in college, like everybody kind of knows what they're doing. And everybody's kind of like willing to help. And tutoring stuff is like a lot easier to go to. And it's free in most cases. And just the resources that we have nowadays to solve math problems is so much better, man. I, I'm still awful at math. I, I'm not a better like mathematician. I, I still struggle in statistics, but I feel like the struggle is a little bit more more manageable than it was, like let's say, back in, oh, I don't know, college algebra or not college algebra, high school algebra or high school geometry. God forbid if I ever take a calculus class, I'll just have to kill myself. Calculus looks like the most complicated thing ever. I'd rather I'd rather do surgery on a body than try and figure out what the heck calculus even is or means. Well, I never I never thought I would actually talk talk extensively about math and teaching and teaching math in <laughs> 2018. What kind of weird world do we live in, everybody? I didn't expect that. I didn't expect that at all, but here we are. That's bizarre, man. That's fucking bizarre. Whew. But, uh, yeah, I think we're going to cut it off here. I know it's a little bit of a shorter one, but we talked about, like, two movies, Pokemon, and uh, teaching math. So I'd say that's a pretty good variety of subjects and topics. So, yeah, we're going to end it off here. Um... Question of the day, like I mentioned earlier, what's a game franchise that you kind of go off and on with? I'd love to hear your responses, however you send them. Uh, if you like this episode of A Non Anchor, let me know from whatever podcast platform you listen to this on, because Anchor is pretty amazing. You can listen to it on Anchor or on like Google, uh, Spotify, Apple Music, whichever platform of choice, simply search A Non Anchor and you'll find me there. Go ahead and also listen to all the older episodes in case you've missed one. 
The format was a bit different back then, but it's basically the same type of stuff, so I think it's pretty good. If you want to personally sponsor this podcast, you can. There's like a fan donation thing where, uh, if you want, you can donate money to the podcast. Uh, You don't have to. It's not necessary at all. In fact, I wouldn't. (laughs) But if you want to, the option's available. I'm not going to turn down people who want to help and support the podcast along. I appreciate that effort, and I appreciate you guys listening for 11 whole episodes. Sorry this one was a little bit late, or I kind of had to uh, rush it a little bit, but I had a lot of fun recording it, and uh, I can't wait till next Monday and I can do it all again. Oh, another thing real quick. Shout out to uh, Patient. <laughs> like, literally today, it tells me on Twitter, uh, Aiden, you don't repeat stuff. And I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> because believe it or not, nobody has, like, from my friend group, watched the last episode and responded to me until yesterday. And so that entire thought of, like, me repeating myself over and over again was just, like, lodged in the back of my head. And then Patient on Twitter this morning was like, yo, you don't repeat yourself. And I'm like, ooh, oh, I'm free. Okay, thank God. (laughs) I can move on with my life. So thank you to Patient for responding to that. Really do appreciate it. Hope you liked this episode as well. I know it went places, weird places, but it's still fun nevertheless. Anyway, I've been rambling on long enough. I've been Aiden Matthews with Blue Catch Productions, and I will see you guys next Monday for another episode of Aiden on Anchor. Bye bye